talking about uh, the leadership lessons that I kind of learned from dad. And so the one that uh, I had the privilege of talking to my high school football coach last week, uh, just randomly, and um, was talking to him. And the, the one thing is I kind of prepared this and thought about that conversation that I had with him was the, uh, the quote that was uh, each year um, in football, the, um, I played defense and the defensive squad, we always had a theme and we had shirts and the whole, that was kind of our thing. And my junior year, the quote that we had on the, on the shirt was to whom much is given, much is expected. And so um, that has been something that even, actually, as weird as it is, some friends of mine uh, were talking last night and that it's been, since May, it's been 15 years ago since we graduated high school. But yet still that quote is one that I, I think about often. You know, and it, to me, it's very easy to think about it when you look at you know, the building that we get to be in and, and all of the things that, that we are grateful for in life. And so uh, as with those things on my mind and, and kind of um, thinking about preparing this, it was exciting just to think back on a lot of the times early on. If you've been with us for a while, I'm sure you've, you've, uh, you have your stories as well. But I kind of boiled it down to seven, seven principles, uh, seven principles that I learned from dad. And then uh, uh, I'm sure we'll get some laughter, but some stories to accompany those principles. The first of which, um, and, and one that I think uh, is very present in the company, is integrity. Do what you say and lead by example. Very early on um, in my kind of, I guess what you would call kind of observation of dad and what he did on a day-to-day -day basis, the one thing that I knew was he was always up and always out the door. Um, and when it came to times when we had games and my brother and I had a lot of them, uh, we were always playing something, he never missed one. Well, I take that back. He missed two that I know of, and both of those were in Little League, and I hit home runs in those games. So I always am, am, uh, am always, always remind him of those. But there were very few that, that he missed. Even when we were in, um, even when we were in college, I mean, so we were, there were, we spent one year where Tyler and a lot of the teams that they played were like, in like Michigan and Illinois, whereas all the teams that I played were in Ohio and Pennsylvania. So literally like stretching at the seams. And they still managed to, to make that work and figure out how to get from one place. They would take off. Uh, I remember specifically when we were in, when Tyler was still in high school and they went, would watch one of my games in the afternoon and then they would jump in the car and drive across, you know, three hours to go watch my brother play. And uh, just always one of those things where I, I feel like that was kind of the, you know, they said that they signed up to be parents and that was part of it. And, and they, were, they were ready to do that. And I think the other thing when I think about it is that, you know, my dad is one that is never afraid of the work. Um, there is, is always work to be done, and he is one that is never afraid to put it in. Um, it has to be done, and someone's got to do it, and that's fine with him if that, if that person is he. I look at kind of the things that I do now and, and try to connect those to, to why, do I, why do I do that. And so, you know, one of the things that, that people often joke about with me is you know how early i get up and that seems crazy and why do you do that and you know while there are a few reasons i think one of those reasons is because i watched my dad get up early each and every day there were often times when i'm sure he didn't necessarily want to or knew that uh, it was going to be a rough day but um for you know for however many years it is now 30 some odd years he's got up and went to work and to me, while it seems simple, that is kind of the essence of integrity. Understanding who you want to be in this world um, and then making sure your actions follow that. And that's, that's, to me, that integrity is very simple. I think people sometimes make it complicated. Um, it's just do what you say. A lot of people got a lot of talk and I'm this and I wanna be that, but yet they're not willing to put any actions behind that. You know? And I think the one thing we can learn is that if you want something, um, you've got to be willing to put in the work. Um, nothing sh should come easy that's worth doing, really. If it comes easy to you, 
then is it is that really a goal? Is that really something that, that you're working towards? To me, integrity is the basis of really the entire company. We have so many people that work so very hard. You know, I mean, it's a little after six right now and there'll be cars pulling up. And like, I think that's the one thing that's interesting is like starting at six in the morning is not normal, but we all think it is. We all profess to think it is. Most people are just now getting up. I always think about the, um, you know, people are like, oh yeah, I went and, went and worked out, uh, went and worked out before work today, got that in. And the people sitting there, you can't because they don't open that early, but you guys are all here and, and ready to go. So um, to me, that is living out really what he started by himself was getting up and doing the work. And so I thank you for all of, for, I thank all of you for being here. And also, you know, the rest of the company, you'll see them filing in uh, as, we're, as we're talking. The next one is, um, is really consistency and attention to detail. And so consistency goes a little bit um, along with uh, what I was just talking about in integrity and doing the work. And, but I also think that it's important to understand what work are you doing? Where's your focus? Is your focus on the easy things, the big things, the kind of the pie in the sky things, or is your focus on the details? And to me, dad has always been one that has focused on the details, literally down to the coffee on the counter, as we all know, the details, the details. But all joking aside, you know, the, um, the details, I think, are what has, has set us up to be successful. Uh, the details are, are what has allowed us to grow because there are a lot of elements to growth. Um, but if you don't pay attention to the details, that growth can get out of control really, really quickly. Um, and it can go in the wrong direction. You know, the, I had a call with... Um, with Implify uh, yesterday and um, we were talking through it and the one department that uh, that uh, Christine who's our, our Implify kind of coach if you will um, pointed out was that uh, she had never never seen an accounting department rank so highly so our accounting department was like in like I've, it's not a percentage, but they were like at 90 point something. She'd said normally accounting departments rank like in the 70s, if that. And, you know, when I thought about that uh, and I, you know, walked past Christie's office and, and congratulated her on that, you know, I, I, and I was preparing this this morning, um, I don't think it's a surprise that, you know, attention to detail, uh, she carries that on like nobody else well it's no surprise she's she's been here the longest um with my dad um and, and helping build this into into what it is um and, and her attention to detail um given the results of that survey um the first time and then the second time and then the third time are what has propelled that to 90. um it wasn't 90 to start which is perfectly fine that's okay we know where we're at and we know where we need to get to. And her attention to the detail, really digging in, finding out what her team needed, what was gonna make things clearer, what they were going to do, um, ha has all led to, to really, really good results. And so obviously the, the attention to detail piece, um, while I'm sure she had plenty of her own, uh, I do believe that, that some of my dad's attention to detail has, has rubbed off um, over these years and so i think it's important for all of us as we as we set out to lead ourselves as we set out to lead our team what are those details that we're overlooking what are those small things that could make a big difference the easiest way that i have found to find the little things that we may be overlooking is to find the things that you don't want to do I mean, is that true or is that true? Yeah. I, the, the little things are the things that we don't want to do. Like, is there an easier way around this? Yeah, there is. Just don't focus on those things. I've done it. You know, 
the, the things that are uncomfortable are those little things. Because guess what? You're good at the other things. That's why you want to do them. It's the things that you aren't good at or are a little bit uncomfortable. Those are the little things. Because the other things you're good at. I mean, those, are, those come easy. Those are the easy things. But what are those hard things? And sometimes those hard things become little things because we don't want to do them. Oh, those are just little things. They ain't going to make a big difference. We'll be fine. I'll just keep doing this. We're seeing success. Well, how do we see a little bit more success? How do we push that envelope? And to me, it's all in the details. It's all in the little things that we do. How many reviews are we getting? How many one-on-ones are we having? What's, are we all using the agenda card? All of those things. Can we run a service call without getting a review? Can we run a service call without ever having a one-on-one with a technician? We can. We did it for like 25 years. I don't think there was a one-on-one that was had with a technician for quite a while. Can we do it without presenting the agenda card? Yeah, we did it all the way up until 15 when they showed us how to use one. We can do all the things we do without those little things. But it's the little things that will make us better. It's those uncomfortable things that will propel us forward. So we talked a little bit, uh, just mentioned one-on-ones. The, uh, the one thing that I have learned um, from my dad, um, and this one I'll have to explain it a bit, is the importance of feedback. And more so, not the importance of feedback, but matching the level of feedback that a person needs to how much you give them. So undoubtedly, all kinds of people need all kinds of different levels of feedback. Some people need feedback on a daily basis. Some people need feedback, you know, just, you know, no news is good news. I'm good. I'm rolling. And that's perfectly fine. Everybody is going to have a different level. But the key is digging in and with your team, digging in with yourself and finding out what is that level of feedback that I need. Because ultimately, feedback is what pushes us forward. It's that line in the sand of, hey, you did this. I need you to do this. Okay, perfect. I'm here. I need to go there. Seems pretty simple. But sometimes when we don't give feedback, people are like, well, I don't know where I'm at. And then other times we give too much feedback and it can be viewed as kind of micromanaging. So we've got to find that level. Well, the only real level is to dig in and talk to people. You know, I just did this with my team the other day. Hey, feedback seems to be a concern. We meet every week. That was probably me going over the top. Do we need to scale it back? Does anyone have any suggestions? Do you want to do it differently? Well, to me, I got a lot of answers. Like, yeah, we don't need to meet every week. Or, yeah, we really kind of informally meet every day. Um, So, yeah, once every two weeks would work for me. Okay, perfect. I'm good with whatever. But we've got to understand as leaders, what is that level of feedback? And I say I learned this from my dad. Um, So this used to be something that up until literally probably recently frustrated the hell out of me. Like I just couldn't figure it out. I did everything in my power to, you know, make dad proud and make him say you did a good job. Yet it was hard to get from him. It was very hard to get. Probably still is. But the one thing that I've learned in doing my own research and investigation is I think sneakily, dad knows how much feedback I need. He knows how much feedback I really need. And I don't really need it as much as I think I do. And really, that level that he gives me is just enough to keep me driving harder and harder. And to me, there's a healthy balance, don't get me wrong. Uh, And I'm not saying like, well, maybe you ought to starve everybody on your team of feedback and they'll just keep on going. Um, That may work for some, um, but I wouldn't recommend it. And I, I think that our relationship between myself and my dad has really grown because one, we're very open and honest with each other. Um, we're not a touchy-feely family. 
couldn't tell. Um, and we never have been, and we get that from his side of the family. Uh, my grandma on my mom's side is the furthest thing from not touchy-feely, um, and I love her for it. Uh, grandma Becky is the she loves that, uh, you know. Um, but my grandparents on my dad's side, and I can see where he gets it from, are some of the hardest people I know. Like, my grandma would outwork you today, and she's like 80-some years old, and she's still going 100 miles an hour. Um, probably kill, kill my grandpa. Um, poor guy. Um, but uh, that's where he kind of got that from, and I've had to adjust, but... It's that open and honest communication that has really propelled us forward. Hey, I don't, I don't really agree with that. Whereas before, we may not have said that. And so I think as leaders, having that open and honest communication is the key to moving a relationship forward. You know, probably people that um, I work, work closest with would probably tell you that, you know, or I hope they would, is that even the relationships that we've had around here are more open and honest. Hey, I don't think that went as well. Okay, perfect. Well, how are we going to fix it? And it's not a, you know, demeaning thing. It's just like, hey, I didn't agree with that, or I think we could do it better. Okay, perfect. Um, and so I, I think that is, that is extremely critical um, when leading is, uh, you know, when put in a leadership position, it's oftentimes people um, who don't need a ton of feedback um, and so we just kind of expect, well, like he should know he's doing a good job. Like, you know, he's doing a good job, right? I mean, I think he is. He probably thinks he is. And I, I think that we need to, to kind of examine that and, and really dig in. And that's the uncomfortable part. You know, no one wants to have those uncomfortable conversations when you're digging in trying to figure out someone's feelings. But I think it's important. And while I say on one hand that, that my, my dad and, and, and his parents are, are very, you know, they're very tough people, very proud people, um, there is also uh, something else that I feel like he got from them, um, and that is compassion. And I think as leaders, having compassion, understanding that at the end of the day, while it is business, it's people in the business, and people have lives and people have stuff that comes up and people have things that don't go the way that they want them to and and people are going to bring their lives to work but the cool part about what we do is we try to kind of mesh your the person you are at home with the person you are here you know at the end of the day We want you to be able to lead here like you lead at home. You know, the thing, some of you are probably wondering, like, compassion's not what I would normally picture Pete as. Um, perfectly understandable. Um, there's also a gentleman that sits next to me that resembles him quite often. And I don't know that he's the picture of what you would strike as compassionate. Um, in a number of situations. Um, they are very to the point, here's what's going to happen, uh, here's how it needs to be done. Yet, what you wouldn't know about them is those two guys are probably the most compassionate people that I personally know. Um, they would do anything and everything for you. You know, the, the, what's the joke around here? Seems like everybody knows Pete, you know? Everybody knows him. They call in. Now, granted, there are a few people that are a little, I mean, they're stretching it a bit, you know? Just because you ran into him one time doesn't mean you, you actually know him. But I think that the reason that that happens, the reason that that is why it is, is because he is compassionate. Uh, people like compassionate people because they understand they are willing to get on your level they're willing to help you out you know if I called my brother in the middle of the night and said hey I need you to come get me he'd be in the car before I hung up the phone um, that's just how he that's just who he is now he displays a rather tough exterior I understand that however um, I, I think that it's um, it's extremely once you get to know him uh, 
he is the most caring person um, that, that I've ever met. Um, you know, and I think that, well, sometimes I'll get credit or we'll get credit for helping out a customer or doing something for someone who, you know, hey, they can't, they're struggling. Um, and well, just go put it in for them and, or take care of it or whatever. And I think sometimes I get credit for that, yet I feel like I don't really deserve, my dad deserves the credit because he's the one who instilled that value in the company of compassion. Um, and that makes it, it's not a decision. That's just what needs to be done. And I think that that, that transition from the decision to be compassionate to no, that's just the way it's, it needs to be done um, is something that he instilled in the company because he would do the same thing. Um, and, and it's my thought that that's what needs to be done. You know, I was talking to, talking to Todd yesterday at the bottom of the stairs over there. And he was telling me, I was telling him I had a conversation with one of our, our new maintenance guys and really liked him. And, and we just had a really great conversation. And he was telling me, he's like, well, Hey, did you meet this? Did you meet, the, uh, this other guy that we got. I was like, no, I haven't, I haven't met him yet. Cause I think he started during when we were in the virus and, you know, just didn't really meet a lot of people. And so I'm trying to reach out and, and sit down and talk to some people here now. Um, and he was telling me about a situation this guy was going through and just a really tough time. And he's going to school and, you know, Todd literally looked at me and just said, so I, I just told him he could, he could drive his, drive his truck to school. And, you know, he looked at me like, you know, that was that was one of the greatest things that could happen because he didn't have to worry about his car or putting gas in there. And, you know, other places I feel like or I hope that that would have to be a decision that a manager would have to pass through like a chain of command. Like you can't just tell somebody they can go take their truck to school. But the fact that he didn't ask the fact that I had, that was the first time I was ever hearing about that, and not that I really care, but the fact that he just did that on his own tells me that compassion is alive in the building. For people to take that kind of ownership and realize that, well, there's someone in need and I, there was a solution and I, I made it happen. Perfect. I don't want to know about that stuff. Just go take care of it. Do the right thing. So as leaders, the key, as we dig in, as we look for ways to give them feedback, <clears throat> excuse me, as we look for ways to, our next word, empowerment, as we look for ways to, to find out how we can best lead that person, I think it's also important to display a level of compassion, um, which will take us farther than we could ever take anything. And while compassion can sometimes, you know, give, 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 it will return. Everything is cyclical. And while it may seem like, you know, it cost us a few dollars to go do, you know, waive a service fee for someone who needed it, at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do. So there's really no price on that. You know, the next one uh, is empowerment. So this one's big um, and one that we talk about a lot around here. And as I was preparing this this morning, I, I, couldn't, I could not help um, but laugh. And the reason I couldn't help but laugh is I just thought about when I first started here. So obviously, I think Christy was the only one that was here when I, when I started here. But... Um, when I started, like, I thought back and I'm thinking to myself, like, when it comes to empowerment, there's no greater example than myself. Because most people come in and they, like, apply for a role. Like, you come in and you answer the ad and it says maintenance technician, or it says this manager, or it says whatever. And so, everybody's pretty much on the same page as far as I'm going to empower you to be a, to go into a customer's home or I'm going to empower you to manage these people, <clears throat> whatever that is, whatever job you applied for. I didn't apply for a job necessarily. So I just came in and didn't do anything. Like I just was just doing random things. So 
he literally hired me and it wasn't like, oh, I'll bring you into the family business and you can be the service manager or you can be a technician. No, it was literally like you can come in and just, I guess, just sit in the office and figure out something to do. That's how I started. Literally, I, I just, I can't even imagine what he thought when I, st- when I showed up on the first day. I mean, I know he loved me, but damn. I mean, really? This guy's just going to sit here? Like, what's he doing in there? And then it, to make matters worse, I think the, the first thing I did was like, re- Matt helped me, but rewrite the company website. Because we, you know, like, hey, how can we show up in Google hire? Like, that's what I was doing. Like, my dad can barely sometimes figure out how to turn on his computer, much less understand why we're trying to rank higher in Google. That's what I did. But to me, I mean, I did more things as time went on, uh, but that's what I did to start. I literally sat in an office with a laptop that weighed 400 pounds, and I worked on writing the website. That's what I did. And... I mean, I, I'd love to interview some of the people that were here at the first. Like, hey, what did you think when I started? You know, what did that look like? And I, I can't even imagine. I mean, at least I had like a shirt with like a logo on it. So I looked halfway like professional. But man, that was a, that's an interesting time. But the key, I think, in the whole thing as I look back is he literally let me find my way. He never said, well, you're not doing anything or, hey, go do this. Literally never told me what to do. Just kind of let me go. And he let me try some ideas. I mean, shoot, I probably went in and, you know, hey, I think we need to spend some money on this or, hey, we need to do some marketing here or we need to do this, like things like, but he just let me do it. And... I think back on what I try to do in my role today and, you know, when I talk to other people, it's like, so you just let them just do it? I was like, I mean, I guess. I mean, I just kind of stay out of their way. I mean, uh, I'm good at that. Um, You know, my dad and my brother get mad at me. They're like, well, I get that you're better at delegating than we are. I go, I mean, I, I just think that they can probably do it. And yet, my dad was probably the best delegator out of anybody because he literally let someone who wasn't doing anything like start to like do a bunch of stuff. And I don't know if he realizes that, but I notice it and notice it more now that I've uh, in preparing this. But I think if you feel empowered here, it's because of him. Because if he would have stepped in and stopped me at every turn, I don't know that I would have the same outlook that I do today. And I think that's important in leadership is to those that you're leading, don't don't be so like don't have such urgency to stop their ideas because there's a lot of great ideas. There's a lot of stuff going on. And the momentum and the power that that can create is incredible. I mean, just absolutely cr- incredible. And I think that's what, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it, that empowerment, that ability to take a step back and let someone move forward and make some mistakes. And as long as we give them the feedback and we work together to correct it, you know, what, what does that look like? You know, we were sitting in a meeting yesterday and the, uh, uh, with our business coach from Nexstar, and I told, uh, I told Christy uh, two meetings ago, I go, I think I learned the most that I've ever learned in a meeting, in that meeting. That was like two meetings ago, maybe a meeting ago. And then yesterday, and as I was preparing this, I thought about why is that? Why was it that, you know, when we're first starting out, like we didn't know anything, so knowing anything was like, okay, shoot, that's, that's, and then we've implemented a lot of stuff, so it's kind of like, well, you know, we'll sit in here and see if we can 
you know, pick up something, but we're already doing everything they tell us to do. And I was sitting there yesterday and, uh, you know, John's going around and going through each department and uh, I'm just sitting there and it used to be, now, this used to be just like, there were some meetings where it was just me and John and that was it. It was just one person. And as we've brought more and more people in, the coolest part about that meeting yesterday, and I texted Tyler afterwards, and I said, was that not the coolest thing you've ever seen? Because the entire meeting is people working on ideas around the table. Like, it, he's talking through the phone, and he's working on one thing, but then there's two people over here, and they're working on something that he just said, and hey, we can do this, and hey, maybe we ought to think about that. People are writing down things, people are doing that, and the, that to me was the essence of what my dad did by empowering me, is we had an, we had an entire room of people that are gonna take whatever he said, and they're gonna run with it. And to me, that's so cool. One, that people take that much ownership but they take ownership in my belief because they feel empowered to do it. Because if they weren't empowered, they would never, I mean, I don't need to write anything down. I guess he'll just tell us what to do. I don't want to be like that. That seems awful. I mean, I'll throw in my two cents every now and then. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of ideas too. But hey, just an idea, right? We're just brainstorming. But I just think that that's, that's one thing that I always think, I, I mean, I can literally see myself sitting in the office that I sat in when I started. And the fact that he let me do that is something I am eternally grateful for um, because it's led me to what I truly love to do. Um, I just absolutely love it. Uh, just waking up every morning, I, I can't see myself doing anything else. The next one. We've got uh, three left, I believe. No, two left. Just two. Two left. So the next one um, that I believe goes with, um, you know, empowerment and taking kind of a, a step back is humility. And my dad is one that I believe humility is one of his, his finer qualities um, because he has, done, he has done so many things that I admire and respect, yet... He's going to be the last to tell you about him ever. And, you know, it was never more apparent than yesterday. It's weird how as you prepare these things, things kind of enter your life. And it's like, oh, my God, that's a shining example. And unfortunately, a good friend of ours, his, uh, his mother passed away. And so um, Tyler and I left here yesterday afternoon to swing by uh, the church and um, uh, go by the showing and my, my parents were there about the same time and we walk in and this is a Beach Grove family so they're like a, it's like the mafia over there so like you walk in and it's like I don't know these people because I didn't grow up there but like dad did and like there's like all these people just like they're all conversing like they'd like see saw each other like last night and it's, it's just very it's very bizarre but anyway so he's talking to this guy. I have no idea who this guy is, but they pick up on a conversation like it's, you know, I'm like, who in God's name? I kind of bumped Tyler. I'm like, who is that guy? He's like, I have no idea. I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe some guy knows for hell, I don't know. And the guy goes, you know, first thing out of his mouth, hey, you know, yeah, I see your guys' trucks everywhere. And he literally turns and goes, I don't do anything. That's these guys. <laughs> Guess that's one way to have the conversation. But, um, to me, that's, uh, that, that, that is humility at its finest because he has done a lot. He continues to do a lot. Um, and while it may not be him physically um, or, you know, in the grind of the day-to-day, -day, um, he's working through us all um, in one way or another uh, because of the foundation that he laid, because of the compassion that he instilled in the company, because of his willingness to empower people, he's still doing quite a bit. Um, and while he may not admit it, nor want to, nor ever, ever, um, that is a key to leadership. Because oftentimes as leaders, the credit will fall to you. But we have to be willing to disperse that credit because at the end of the day, 
We have to take ownership of it, but not the credit. There's no reason to take any credit for anything because at the end of the day, we all did it together. I can't do it without you. You can't do it without me. That's perfect. That's a great relationship to be in. Not a, well, I'm leading this thing, so come along. That's not leading. That's managing. And in order to lead, you have to have humility. You know, one of the things that we've somewhat changed in the, not somewhat, we've changed in the company, which I think is for the better, is, you know, adding titles. However, I think we added titles for streamline of communication who reports to Hugh. I mean, it's easier in a 20 person company to not have titles because it's just kind of, it's kind of known. There's everybody reports to one person. You know, I mean, there's no levels of management and different stuff like that. So, you know, we have added them, which I think is, is good. Um, I think it's helped kind of, you know, you go from just kind of a blob to an org chart. Uh, you're going to need some sort of organization. But dad was never one for titles or anything like that. He's, I'm just doing the work. I'm just doing my part, whatever it is. And to me, that's, that's a, the, the symbol of leadership. Often people are, you know, well, I want to get to, I want to, I want this title, or I, I need to have this, or that makes me a leader. As we've talked about many times before, that doesn't make you a leader. It gives you a title, but that doesn't mean people are going to follow you. And people follow those that are, that understand that that person that I'm following would do anything for me. They would show me compassion. Um, Humility is a part of their character. They want to empower me to do great things. And I think that as I look at humility, it resembles our kind of our motto here. Our motto out in the field. Great customer service and the revenue will follow. When we display humility, when we understand that we need to give in order to receive, that's humility. It's what we try to do internally. Grow our people and the company will grow. Not grow the company and find the right people. You're never gonna find the right people. You're gonna grow the right people. And having the humility to do so is what I think is really the biggest key. And the last, which goes along with humility, is belief. And this is the biggest one. And I read a lot about belief and the human mind and trying to understand how things are built. And the one conclusion that I have come up with is that it is all about belief. You can achieve whatever you set your mind to. But as leaders, do our teams know that we believe in them? Have we had the conversations with them to uncover what it is they want to become and how we can get them there? You know, belief for me as it relates to my dad, uh, you know, we talked about when I first started. Uh, I think I started at, I would have been 24-ish. So I eventually did more stuff than sit in the office, um, eventually. Um, but to me, the greatest display of belief was not allowing me to start working there. I mean, everybody's, I mean, just allowing me to start. I mean, that's, you know, okay, there's a little bit of belief in there, but, you know, expectation may have been a little bit low. That's fine. But the belief came in 2015. And I still remember um, sitting there like it was yesterday. I can still picture how his office was set up. It used to be the one that... <laughs> that became the call center, that became marketing, that became something else. 
That used to be his office. And he, we're sitting there, and uh, I've told this story before, but we had visited um, a company over in Cincinnati. Their big thing was Nexstar. We drove back, we said we wanna be like that. We weren't like that, but we wanted to be like that. We didn't know how, but it seemed like they were really bought into this thing called Nexstar. And that evening we get back and then the next morning we meet and it's me, my brother and my dad sitting in his office. And keep in mind at this point, I'm 28 and he's 25. And the company at that point in 15, we had a really big year because we did a bunch of new construction. Um, I've told the story before, Tyler and I personally did some new construction because uh, a job fell through. We had way too much going on, wasn't pretty. It turned out all right. Uh, we got it all done uh, miraculously. But at the end of the day, we were 28 and 25. And this guy has built this company uh, for almost 20 years now. In, uh, and put all the sweat and tears and everything into it. And we're having a conversation where, when it comes to belief, he says, well, I think we ought to do this uh, if you guys want to grow the company. And if we don't, then you know we don't, but you guys are gonna take it where you wanna take it. And so literally in his office that day with a 28 and 25 year old, uh, literally essentially turned over kind of the keys to the company. And as I think back on my 28 year old self and my brother's 25 year old self, I wonder what kind of he was thinking there. Um, you know, you know that, that uh, I oftentimes uh, think about that if, if if I'm put in that position, what is that conversation going to look like? Um, and uh, I don't know yet. Um, but the fact that he believed in us enough to empower us, to let us do that, is probably one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. And I've ran into people that have believed in me or you know, said, hey, you can do it, but... <laughs> Um, never quite like that. Um, and to me, that is something where, as I spoke about earlier, you know, feedback and us kind of learning and, and adapting our relationship as we've grown. It's one of those things where anytime that I'm moving forward or we're trying something different, I always have that in the back of my mind is that he believes in me. And I think as leaders, our teams have to know that we believe in them. They've got to understand that it's okay to make a mistake. I mean, we're not going to, you know, so long as no one gets hurt, I mean, we're good. Um, you know, it may not be the right thing to do, but it's okay. Um, we're all going to make mistakes. Um, we're all going to have different opinions. We're all gonna go different ways, but it's the fact that you believe in someone enough to say, well, hey, let's give it a shot. You know, yesterday in, in that same meeting I was talking about, at the very end, we were talking about a, a change um, to our drain process that, uh, that we were gonna make. We, we were gonna make the change, and then someone brought it to me, and I was like, eh, you know, I don't know. So. I probably spent the entire weekend thinking over, well, if we do it this way, if we do it that way, if we do it this way, if, you know, all of this stuff. Basically coming up to the point of like, well, I think something, I, I don't know if we should do that. And so we talked it out, talked through it, and I said, finally came to the conclusion of, you know what, let's give it a whirl. Uh, I mean, shoot, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, we change it back or hell, it works better. I don't know. Right now, we're, it's telling us that we're, it's working better, so let's, let's give it a shot. Hell, there's, I mean, no harm, let's go. And to me, that, that belief, that willingness to just not change things for the sake of changing them because I can or you know, whatever it is, is just, hey, let's do it. You guys came up with it, 
I don't, I mean, it doesn't hurt me. Um, and so to me, those are things where belief is critical. Um, belief in leadership is that willingness to go into the unknown, to take that risk, um, to move forward. Because at the end of the day, the only way to move forward is to take a risk because you're going to have to change something. And change, as we talk often, is growth. Change is getting better. And I think it is the, the faith in people that we have around here that we display in each other that builds that trust, which ultimately builds the company. And when you have a company built on trust and a company built on uh, the principles of accepting new ideas and moving forward, to me, that's the strongest company you can possibly build. And, you know, as I, as I kind of wrap up here, We've talked about integrity, attention to detail, consistency, feedback, compassion, empowerment, humility, and belief. All of these things, and I'm sure there's more, obviously just an hour, so I kind of boiled them down. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, as leaders, we're called to inspire. We're called to believe in our people in a way that makes them want to chase something bigger. And ultimately, that is the one thing that I think about most often is, and someone asked me about it yesterday, you know, what's your goal? What's your, what's your, uh, What's, what are you chasing? And I think for me, and I'm so very blessed to do so, is I'm just chasing to make dad proud. And I think that the reason is, and, and I relate this to leadership a lot because he's obviously been my leader for 33 years, is that I am who I am because of him. And your people are who they are because of you. They are who they are because of you, because of the belief that you place in them, because of the compassion that you show them, because of the integrity that you lead with. Because at the end of the day, as we've talked so many times, leadership is leading yourself first. And I believe that my dad's always done that. He's always led himself first, which makes him very easy to follow, which makes him very easy to want to make proud. And I think if, if as leaders, we all understand or all come from the perspective of what would it look like? What would my actions look like if at the end of the day, the people following me wanted to make me proud. And the cool thing is, is we have complete control over that. And we have complete control over that because it is how we treat them, how we lead them, that will ultimately want, make them want to make us proud. because that's what growth is all about. That's what this company is all about. The company is built to raise people, to grow people, because in growth, you're showing that you wanna make someone proud. You wanna make the company proud. You wanna make your family proud. You wanna make your kids proud. Why is that? Well, the reason is, is because we all collectively have built a place where 
we can call it home because that's what we want to do at home. I want to make my dad proud. You probably want to make your parents proud. Probably want to make your kids proud. That's a great thing to be. That's a great spot to be in. You know, leadership is a lot like parenting. Because at the end of the day, we're raising people. We're raising them up to be better. And yeah, it may be at answering the phone or taking care of a customer or making sure that the credits and debits are in the right place. But at the end of the day, that's a function. But as they get better and better at that, they develop more confidence. They become a better person. They become a mentor, a leader for someone else. And to me, that's what it's all about. That is leadership. And ultimately, there will be many, many places that say that they're, you know, that's always the, the popular tagline is they're, they're family owned and operated or whatever it is. And to me, our big thing is, is we truly are a family because it's my goal to create a place where everyone wants to make each other proud. Where I want to make you guys proud. I wake up early and do crazy stuff because I want to make you proud. I want to make you proud that you work with me. And I think each and every one of us works so hard, as we talked at the beginning, wake up at the butt crack of dawn because we want to make someone proud. And that's a great place to be. And I'm very happy to be here. And I'm very happy that my dad started this place and instilled the values that we now carry on uh, and hopefully spread to tons of people, whether that be customers or people that work here or whatever that is, because that's really cool. That's bigger than putting in furnaces and water heaters. Mm -hmm.